big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Hey, this is Dennis Foldy. Before we start this episode of Master Debaters, I'd like to let you know that what you're about to listen to is episode zero of our program, our pilot episode, Master Debaters in its rawest form. This is the first time we put idea into action and the first time anyone has experienced what it's like to be a master debater. Hope you enjoy the show. From KTSA San Antonio and XS Studios, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. On the show this week, you can catch our first contestant every month hosting UFC coverage for Combat Culture, Matt Ryan. Hey, Matt. Ahoy, hoy. Our next contestant is a sports reporter you can hear every weekday afternoon on Fox News Headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115, Matt Napolitano. How you doing? Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy. <laughs> And our third contestant is the morning show host and music director at 106.1 VLI on Long Island in New York. Psych, hey! Should I go for the third? No, I'll just say hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm Dennis Foley, the host and referee for this matchup, making sure our contestants follow the rules and understand all the questions. If there's something I don't like during the show, you'll hear this. Yeah, and, uh, and that may or may not include a penalty. Now, uh, the real boss of the show, though, is our judge, who this week is Chris from San Antonio. Hey, Chris. Hey, present and mostly accounted for. Excellent. <laughs> and Well, our contestants will work to craft their arguments on recent news topics in an effort to get as many points out of Chris as possible. And before we get started, though, let's give our combatants a chance to get to know their points dealer a little bit better before he starts judging them all. So, uh, Matt Ryan, do you have any questions for our judge? Yes, I do. Sir, you are from San Antonio, but I have to ask you this very important question. Barbecue or Tex-Mex? Oh, wow. Barbecue. Okay. Matt Napolitano? Okay. Uh, scale of 1 to 10, thoughts on the Riverwalk. Do you hate it or enjoy it? Enjoy it being a 10? Um, I would have to say it's about a 7.5. I can have a good time there, but, you know, I've pretty much seen it and done everything there. Okay. Mr. Syke? I once interviewed for a job in San Antonio, but ultimately turned it down based on the humidity. How do you feel about your own humidity? <laughs> um, it's tolerable, and I am thankful it's not like Houston. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> so, uh, now we can get this debate started if you guys are all ready to move forward with opening arguments. Here, our three contestants will get the same question. They will each have 30 seconds to make their argument on a recent news topic. Now, Chris, our judge, will award 0 to 10 points to each contestant after all three have had a chance to answer that question. First question. Hurricane Laura made landfall overnight as a Category 4 storm in Louisiana. Texas was mostly spared, but ABC's Ginger Z uh, this morning said that was not the case in Louisiana. It 
left Houston unscathed, but that cannot be said for Cameron, Louisiana, Lake Charles, Louisiana. And this morning, we still have a Category 2 hurricane on land. It is right over West Central Louisiana, Alexandria, picking up some of those big gusts right now. It'll move north toward Shreveport through the later morning hours and early afternoon. Tornadoes, also a threat. So how strong of a tropical storm system does it need for you to consider evacuating? We'll start with Matt Ryan. Well, uh, as a city boy who only had to deal with the outbreak of Hurricane Sandy, uh, it would be Category 2 or higher. I have friends from Florida who have basically gotten out of Dodge for much less, but I also had a friend who had an uncle shoot at a hurricane while drunk about 15 years ago. So it's kind of a mixed bag, but if it's, hurric if it's a Category 2, I'm getting my uh, Irish truckus out of there. Okay. Another 10 seconds or so. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Uh, Baba Booey again. And, uh... <laughs> oh, now time's up. Matt Napolitano, your turn. Yeah, I'm a little distracted by the thought of Matt Ryan's Irish tuchus right now. It's kind of scarred me for life, as we could see. But if we're talking about a severe hurricane, I'd say probably a Category 3 would make me run and cover. I mean, surviving through Sandy myself and going through Floyd, you know, I've seen some pretty bad stuff, but I feel like once you hit three is when they tell you, if you don't get out of here, you're an absolute moron, even when government officials come out and say it. So I think that, that would do it for me. That's enough to make me just want to get into the car, find the nearest gas station and make a break for it. All right. And psych, what? I am going to go with probably... Somewhere between a three and four, I lived through Sandy, but I am a thrill seeker. I love working through emergency situations as weird and messed up as that sounds. Um, I was actually on the air for 15 hours during Sandy, and I thrive off of it. If there's a blizzard, I want to be on the air reporting it. So for me, um, I, it's going to take a lot for me to evacuate. I, I, there'd have to be serious danger to me and my, fa my family in order for me to leave uh, the location. All right. So, Chris, how you're divvying up points? Zero to ten. Uh, first, I would say six, and then eight, and then seven. All right. Pretty close game so far. All right. Question number two. So we had the Democrats last week and the Republicans this week with their political conventions. Are these events must-see TV or must-miss TV? We'll start with Matt Napolitano. You know... For me, it's just must miss at this point because I think everybody's just so disenfranchised with everything going on politically. Everyone's down each other's throats constantly through all of everything going on with the pandemic and with the riots taking place and protests going on. Everyone needs a break and no one really wants to hear it from people that aren't doing their jobs, even though they've had them for X amount of decades, whoever they may be. So the hell with those. I'm just going to watch reruns of Guy's Grocery Games. Okay. Well, I could also watch some Chopped. If I got some more time, I'll watch Chopped. It's a great show. Love uh, that show. Psych. Uh, must see TV or must miss see? Must miss TV. Must see TV. You can't turn your face away from it. I'm one of the people that wanted a Trump Bernie Sanders uh, debate just for the SNL uh, features of it alone. I think we're gonna get must see TV in the next two months as it is uh no matter how bad it is politically whatever side you're on um it's it's from a entertainment aspect and that's how i'm looking at it right now it's must see tv absolutely although chopped is fantastic i will give him that thank you <laughs> and mr matt ryan 
So there's no arguing that Chopped is a cultural landmark and something we should all cherish dearly. Uh, Ted Allen should be protected at all costs. But now to the root of the issue. When we look at political conventions, they're a very necessary evil within our culture. We need to understand the party platform, unless you're a member of the Republican Party, where party platform is, eh, we'll make it up as we go along. They're important for us as a nation to understand both parties and also for the memes. I live in a world of social media. Everyone now lives in a world of social media. Whatever the trending topic is, or Kimberly Guilfoyle yelling at the top of her lungs, it's important. Chris, points. Well, I would have to say in going from second to third, I would say seven and eight. I was going to give an eight for uh, uh, Napolitano first, but at the top, I think I'll go ahead and do nine. Okay, so nine for Napolitano. You said seven for Syke? Yes. Correct, and eight. Eight for Mr. Matt Ryan. All right, question number three. Virginia lawmakers are considering dozens of criminal justice reforms. One would make the crime of assaulting a police officer a misdemeanor instead of a felony. Is this a good idea? Let's start with Syke. That's a tough, tough subject. I, I, you know what? I am going to play the neutral card. I, I don't have an answer here. I Mainly because uh, I just, I, I, I'm one of those guys that likes to look at everything down the middle. Um, you're really putting the pressure on me here with this one. Um, I talk about Katy Perry having a baby. I don't talk about serious <laughs> news issues every single day. Jeez, I came prepared with a game of cheaper frugal. Um, I'm going neutral on this one and saying no comment. All right. Mr. Matt Ryan. Well, much like Psych, I come from a different world. Mine is uh, the world of fighting, whether fake or real. But when it comes down to the issue of assaulting police officers or police brutality we need to look at everything not within a bubble not within a vacuum but in a case-by-case basis how we see things and how things actually play out are way more important than the actual situation someone did get hurt but how did this happen why did this happen that's a larger context that we have to look at across all variations of criminal justice and criminal justice reform mr napolitano I'm kind of going to agree with both of my contestants here. I'm from the psych standpoint of playing Switzerland on these issues and trying to uh, stay out of it as much as I can. Well, Matt brings up a very good point where you really have to do a better job of evaluating these things on a case-by-case basis because so many times people jump the gun based on something they see on social media or based on something that comes out a snippet of a video and they seem to overreact in the wrong way. I mean, look at what just happened in Minnesota. You had somebody who actually committed suicide. It got spread on social media that a cop did it and it led to some rioting and looting. You need to get all the facts first before you make your decision in these cases. Chris. Well, it just felt right to go neutral with the neutral answer. So I'd say five and then uh, for Matt Ryan, nine and the Paltono seven. All right. Question number four. Drugs at work? It's a sign that employee drug use was increasing just as the COVID-19 pandemic created new stress and anxiety. The percentage of American workers testing positive for drugs, especially marijuana, increased over 10 percent last year. The proportion of U.S. workers who tested positive for drugs in urine in 2019 rose to 4.5 percent, the highest level in 16 years. Jim Crisula, CBS News. Are you surprised by these statistics, Matt Ryan? Uh, honestly, no. As we look at the culture we're in right now, as we look at the rise of opioid abuse and the rise of 
other drugs in the world. Uh, when it comes to the legalization of marijuana, I do believe it is way past time for that to happen. We've seen the medical benefits from CBD. They fold into THC. Uh, and I think that utilizing marijuana is not a inhibitant to hiring somebody. If it becomes an addiction, it becomes a problem. We need to view it the same way we view alcohol and cigarettes. Tax it, understand it. Mr. Napolitano. I think the fact that so many people are at home during the pandemic, it gives them more license to have a couple drinks or get involved in some uh, marijuana or whatever the hell may be their substance of choice. At this point, I don't see why it matters unless you are coming to your place of work or whatever you're doing to a point of inebriation where you cannot operate. For me, if you're doing just fine with the dose you're on, hey, power to you, get through it. As long as the job's getting done and done right, whatever. Smoke him if you got him. <laughs> and Mr. Syke. See, here I go. Now you ask me a question. Am I surprised? My answer, no. End of answer. You can cut the timer there. I don't have much more than that. You asked me if I'm surprised <laughs> and I'm just going with the same. I just lost with five points in the last round and I'm the one that led the way on the neutral argument. I'm saying the answer to my question or your question is no. I am not surprised by those results. Uh, okay. The safe answer. Okay. I'm playing to win. <laughs> I feel good about this. Chris! <laughs> okay, well, America does love its drugs. I say in order, it'd be 9, 9, and 10. Hey, there you go, Sonic. See? Short and answer. Less is more, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Question five. KFC my says, wife KFC says <laughs> its chicken is just good. It's been KFC's slogan for more than 60 years. But the fried chicken chain will now blur out the well-known finger-licking good phrase over coronavirus concerns. So now billboards and ads will just say it's good. KFC says the move will be temporary since the slogan, quote, does not quite fit following the pandemic. It comes after the chain pulled a host of TV ads back in March over fears that licking fingers could help spread the virus. Matt Piper, CBS News. So is the new slogan good, Mr. Napolitano? Why are they trying to make KFC sound like a field goal? Like, that just makes no sense as a slogan for me at all. Not to mention the fact that, I'm sorry, Kentucky Fried Chicken, A, is not even fried, and B, is not all that good. You got Chick-fil-A out there, you got Popeyes out there, far superior chicken, far superior birds, and far superior slogans. That's all I got to say on that. Okay. Let it tick down. Come at me, Colonel. I don't care. <laughs> What's it now? Is it Reba, Reba, Jason Alexander? Who's it doing it now? I don't even know. Mr. Syke. This is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. You can change the logo. You can change the motto. You can change the saying. You can change the kernel as many times as you want. KFC, the motto is whether you like the chicken or not, it's finger licking good. This is an overreaction and nothing more. And today we live in a society of overreaction and everybody just wants to make sure that everybody's happy and everybody's safe and under their, their warm, snuggly, cozy blankets. It's stupid. It's finger licking good and nothing else. Mr. Matt Ryan. Okay, so as someone who works in the soulless whoredom known as advertising, I get it. Because... Now CBS News and now all of us here on this show are talking about the change of the catchphrase. So the Colonel wins, KFC wins, the KFC Yum Center in Louisville wins, even though they've got nothing going on. 
We're talking about it. We're the actual doofs. And honestly, I can go for some fried chicken. It's marketing 101. It's as basic as someone drinking a pumpkin spice latte going through the goalpost. Good job, KFC. Chris! Well, I mean, if you're eating fried chicken, you're licking your fingers. So I would say 8, 10, and 9. All right. Well, we've come to the point. Coming up, the horror of what's been showing up on store shelves recently. We'll debate it next. Master Debaters from KTSA. All right, it's time to keep the opinions going with arguments sake. This time I'll give each contestant a question. They'll have 30 seconds to give an answer and our judge will immediately give his ruling again on a zero to one, uh, zero to 10 scale. Probably want more than one point. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> yeah. start with uh, Psych. Many people yes. able to work from home are moving out of the big cities, but CBS's Cam McCormick says uh, they're using it as a chance to work away from home. Airbnb says the number of Americans booking on the site who mention remote working has nearly tripled since the pandemic began, and many bring their pets to settle in. The number of people clicking the Allow Pets filter has jumped 90%. Those who are able to work from anywhere are booking homes for longer and seeking sites with more access to nature and out of the cities. Would you consider moving somewhere else now because of the coronavirus pandemic? Nope. I'm staying right where I am. I've actually been in the office in the studio doing my show every single day since this entire situation began. I would not be able to work from home to do what I do. I need that sense of control. However, the American dream, working from home, a five-foot walk from your bed to your kitchen table and getting paid your full salary to do your job. And can we just talk about the fact that these companies are saving so much money? Um, so I understand why people are doing it, and it's cool if they can get the job done. I'm staying put, though. That was just one, wasn't it? Yep. Oh. Sorry, I'm lost. Are we in the second segment with 20 we're, points? Yeah, we're in the second segment, Chris. We're okay. uh, each, each person. Then, yeah. How many points do you want to give? Mm, I'm going to uh, 12. <laughs> so I'll put 10 down. How about that? No, dude, you put 12. You put 12, Dan. Oh, I thought, I thought, Zero I thought to 10. We were on the negative 20 to 20. No, scale. not yet. <laughs> no, okay. Then. Yeah, that's Dan's. You're putting. I'm writing 12. Seven. That's my score. Seven. All right. Yeah. We can totally tell Chris is paying attention to what you guys are saying, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I got so a lot of there, buddy. Uh, all right. Matt Ryan, you're up next. A woman in the Detroit area was declared dead but was later found alive at the funeral home. Unique and unsettling is all right, well, you, you, know, you get the idea. Do you consider this to be a miracle or a failure of first responders to notice that she actually wasn't dead? It is a debilitating failure of first responders and quite possibly some black magic. We're not sure. Uh, to be completely honest, our first responders are doing a lot of great jobs, but sometimes people are people and people make gigantic mistakes, like not finding whether or not someone's living or dying. It's like an episode of M.A.S.H., Frank Burns doesn't check where the carotid artery is and almost kills a guy. This is what happened here, and now it's just happening in Detroit. We we need to take better care of our first responders, and our first responders need to take better care of us. Pretty much that. Chris. Ten. All right, next up, 
Matt Napolitano, flu season approaches, and CDC Director Robert Redfield says, with the coronavirus going around, who knows how the flu season will be? This could be one of the worst uh, uh, seasons we've had from a public health perspective with COVID and flu coming together. Um, but it also could be one of the best flu seasons we've had. So Matt, will we survive flu season? Get your vaccine, wash your damn hands, put on a mask, and that's all I'm going to say about this. Seriously, I don't understand why there's such a difficulty for people to grasp around this concept of just trying to keep yourself sanitary and safe so we can get through all this nonsense. You know what, going back to Sykes thing, I currently am working from home. I'm personally not a fan of it. I can't wait to go back into my newsroom and operate out of there. We need to people to just get a grip and focus on ending all this and getting through the flu season too. Ugh. Chris, your assessment? 10.5. What was that again? <laughs> I said 10.5, but 10. All right, I'll, I'll put 10. Well, we're not giving This up. guy refers to me in his answer and gets more points than I do? <laughs> do not, called and citing I, your I got 12. Do not, I got 12 to start, by the way. Do not question the judge. <laughs> the judge rules the day, except for when he's giving out too many points. Next up, Psych, you are next. Notice anything different yeah. in the store recently? That's assuming you've been in one recently. No, your eyes have not deceived you. Many major retailers have Halloween candy displays up much earlier because sales are threatened. Trick-or-treating is likely to be impacted by the coronavirus. Crystal Lindell with Candy Industry Magazine says there are fears that COVID-19 may cancel trick-or-treating. So just in case. They're hoping if they put things out early, it will spur more people to grab candy for or things like instant consumption or the home candy bowl. Stefan Kaufman, CBS News. So, Psych, is it too early for Halloween candy? A couple weeks ago, I saw this. It was not even, I think, the beginning of August, and I said too soon. A couple weeks in, I started thinking about it from a different perspective. We are now inspiring bigger and better creative ideas and forcing people to accept the fact that trick-or-treating will likely not happen the way we know it and we are getting even more exciting with the ideas that we are coming up with and that's why tonight i'd like to announce the trademark zoom in a costume and that is exactly how trick-or-treating will now be done um, you won't get any candy but at least you'll look really cool on your zoom meeting uh that your parents don't know how to work in your costume chris eight all right Mr. Matt Ryan, a commission is working on a new Mississippi flag, and they've narrowed it down to two design choices. One has a shield, the other a magnolia blossom on a dark blue background. They're deciding on a new flag to replace the previous one that included the Confederate stars and bars. What do you think Mississippi should have on its flag? Well, first of all, I'm going to trademark costume because I think that one might just work a little bit better in marketing. It doesn't matter what is on that flag as long as the stars and bars are off of it. It could be, honestly, uh, Strom Thurmond walking through the park. It'd be less offensive than the stars and bars on the Mississippi flag. Honestly, it could just be a thing of mud. What's Mississippi known for? Mud. And basically, you know what? Put Mississippi on the flag so people can finally understand how to spell your Fakakta state. I yield my time. Chris? Seven. All right. Damn. <laughs> I was going to give that a 15. <laughs> of the word Pacacta. Yeah. Drom Thurman <laughs> drop and a Pacacta. Wow. Matt Napolitano. Drom Thurman was a great morning show back in the day. <laughs> Napolitano, it's your turn. America is not the only place we're evaluating its history. 
The move by the BBC comes amid a debate about the song's celebration of the British Empire at a time when critics are reevaluating the nation's colonial past. The BBC said it changed this year's event in light of reduced musical resources and because there would be no live audience due to the COVID-19 pandemic. But critics are accusing the broadcaster of caving into political correctness and to pressure from social justice campaigners. Bill Rakoff, CBS News. So, Matt, as a resident of a former British colony, should the Brits be ashamed of their history? Uh, bloody hell. Yeah, it's ridiculous for me. Come on. How many times are we going to get so PC about this and reflect on the wrongs of our past? Yeah, there's things in our history that we are ashamed of. We've had a lot of wrongs that goes for both the U.S. and for the U.K. and just about every other country on this planet. Wrongs have happened, but it's part of the past. We grow from the past. We learn our lessons and become better people for it. So let it go and stop focusing on trying to make everything correct and trying to right all these wrongs for the past. It's done. It's gone. Move on and make better progress and make a better future for tomorrow. Mr. Judge. Well, I'll give it a pony, but I can only give it a 10. (laughs) All right. Well... Coming up, some head-to-head battle. Who will make it out unscathed? Find out. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. This week we have Matt Ryan, Matt Napolitano, and Syke competing to be the master of verbal melee. To the ears of our judge, Chris from San Antonio, it's time for State Your Case. So, uh, before the show, our three contestants picked a topic uh, that has been shared with their competitors. They will now have 90 seconds each to present their topic and their argument. Now, if they pull an audible and they change their topic, I will assess an automatic five-point penalty. The other contestants, if they wish, may get 45 seconds to present a counter-argument. If there is someone with a challenge, you'll hear this sound. And the presenter will get 45 seconds to address the challengers after the challengers make their challenge. Now uh, there are more points at stake as well. Our judge, Chris, can now give up to 20 points or he could take away up to 20 points from all contestants after each topic, even those who choose to abstain from the argument. In this round, the leader goes first and the leader right now is Matt Napolitano. Here's your 90 seconds. All right, well, the Washington football team is at it again. Owner Dan Snyder now coming up in a new Washington Post report as having received a lewd video back in 2008 featuring images from a cheerleader photo shoot for the Washington team that featured uh, plenty of risque pics for him to enjoy. He's denying the claims, but now the NFL has finally opened up a deeper investigation into Snyder's tenure as owner, and it's about time. Dan Snyder has got to go. The man has been problematic since he took the reins of this team back when it was called the R-word. Thank God that's finally gone, that name, and long overdue. You know, Ron Rivera is doing his best to try and right the ship in there. You now have Jason Wright coming in as team president. So much going on, so much for the betterment of that organization. Get rid of Snyder, force his hand, and get him out of the NFL. It's proven through workplace misconduct claims against his organization, these latest accusations coming out of the post, and even beyond that he is inept at this job and he cannot handle owning this team anymore. Do the right thing, Roger Goodell, for once in your life. (laughs) How many more seconds do I got? Because I can keep ranting on Goodell. Yeah, 25. All right. Roger Goodell really needs to step up right now more than ever, especially in this time of crisis where we're talking about the imagery and the possibility of moving forward and showing progress as a nation. He needs to... Oh. 
I hear a bell ringing. Am yeah. I out? No, nope, we keep going until time runs out. Oh, okay. I just heard <laughs> ding, 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 and it threw me off. Okay. <laughs> okay, time's up anyway. Either way, Snyder, get out. Psych! Yes. Do I still get to present my state your yes. case if I challenge yeah. him as well? Mm -hmm. Okay, because here's my thing. Um, Daniel Snyder's got to go, but this starts with Goodell. He's waited way too long in the past couple of weeks. He's got to go first, then Snyder. They both need to go at the exact same time. Uh, it, it's got to start with Goodell, one of the worst commissioners in sports history. The owner's got to step up and say, whatever he's done for us, it's out the door. He's allowed this to go on for way too long. He's got to go, and Snyder's got to go. That's all I have. We still have like 20 seconds left. Do you want me to sing? Can I, can I resp <laughs> Actually, I was going to respond, but I want to hear him sing. Well, you'll have your own time to you respond. I could sing WAP by C Cardi B, but I don't know how uh, safe this show is to sing those lyrics. Yeah, uh... There's some O's in this house. No? Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming we have another challenge. Yeah. So I get, to, I get a rebuttal, right? Yeah, but I'm not sure... I wanted to challenge a challenge, but oh, uh, okay. Go oh, for we're it. Challenging the challenge. Somebody bells. I know. So, I'm so confused. I think Roger Goodell right now is the best commissioner in pro sports. You look at the NFL's proper bit, profitability. You look at the NFL's growth since he's taken over. He's carried the legacy of Roger Ta of of uh, Tagliabue, of uh, Pete Rozelle, and he's been able to advance it. He is a heel. He is a character. He plays it up. He is a lightning rod for the league that they desperately need. He is the junior soprano, the guy who takes the hits, all the while Jerry Jones and the rest of the owners in the NFL continue to line their pockets and make multi-billion-dollar broadcast deals. We're looking at an intense amount of profitability for a league that in the 1990s was being threatened by a reviving baseball. And now look at the NBA growing to a solid number two and possibly leapfrogging them. But Goodell has righted the ship in the 2020s. All right, Napolitano, you get to rebut everyone. Okay, uh, well, with Psych, I do agree that Goodell eventually has to go. I don't know if now is going to be the right time. I think focus has to be on getting owners united to get Snyder out the door and force his hand in selling this team. As for the thought process that Roger Goodell is a good commissioner, I would attest that he's done very limited right. I would go back to the cases of Ray Rice. I would go back to how the NFL has addressed domestic violence, the early stages of how the NFL addressed racial injustice in the protesting of Colin Kaepernick. Much has been done wrong on the Goodell front in the public eye. Yeah, behind closed doors, of course, owners love him because, yes, he does help the bottom line. But for fans, it's not operating for them. And right now, I wouldn't say he's the worst commissioner because Rob Manfred's not been doing a great job lately. But he's certainly on the bottom tier among the big four sports leagues. Chris! Yeah, well, in order, I would say 15, 18, 12. All right, so that's 15 for Matt Napolitano. Correct. 18 for Syke. Correct. And 12 for Matt Ryan. Correct. All right. Up next is Mr. Matt Ryan. Here's your 90 seconds. Been a lifelong sports fan, and the teams I've rooted for in order are the New York Giants, the New York Rangers, the New York Mets, and the New York Knicks. I have been beaten about the kidneys my entire sports fandom life by teams that are quite terrible. Why, honestly, they suck. For the most part, my teams have sucked my entire life. But I hold on to hope because 
in 2020, in the in light of the coronavirus, in light of everything going on in the world, the upcoming election, you need an idea of hope. You need something to hold on to. When you see the Chicago Cubs finally win a World Series, when you see the Kansas City Chiefs finally win another Super Bowl, when you finally see your team climb to the top of the mountain as someone who has dealt with the doldrums of terrible franchises and the Wilpons and all of this stuff going on with the Knicks and the Dolans, you hold out hope. You fight for it. That's what the American dream is about. Fighting, struggling, dealing with the doldrums and the anxieties of life for that one moment, for that one brief moment to where you can feel that reward, feel that joy, feel that honest feeling that you are a part of something bigger than yourself. That's what the American dream is. Feeling bigger, feeling a part of something that's bigger than yourself. And that is what you are looking to do. You want that little day in the sun. It's like Tommy Pickles when his mom was on that version of Jeopardy in the first season of Rugrats. You want your day in the sun, and that is what being a fan is about. No challengers. Yeah, I got a hard time going against that because he basically was one step away from screaming, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, what are your scores? Well, did everybody Score. get a score there? Or is... Yep. Even if they didn't oh. say anything. Oh, okay. Well, then I would say <laughs> well, that's tough. Uh, 18, 10, and 10. Okay. See, you guys are getting points even, golden. even by not talking. I saved my energy there. <laughs> All right, Psych, your next year is your 90 seconds. Well, before you give me the 90 seconds, take five points off because I'm changing my state your case. Let's hear it. Okay, so here's the deal. You talked about Halloween candy before. It inspired the greatness that is the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup pumpkin. First of all, there's no greater candy than the Reese's Peanut Butter pumpkin. It's just there's no better candy for Halloween, and there's no better candy on the shelves all year long than the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Hell, the Reese's Pieces, whatever, it's it's there. You, you eat it if you have to. You throw it on some popcorn, it's tasty. But there is no greater candy on the face of planet Earth than the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. It is genius. Peanut butter, chocolate together. It is fantastic. I'm done in 90 seconds already? No, no, no. That was a challenge, though. Oh, okay. Because now I also want to talk about the worst Halloween candy known to man. Might be the worst candy known to mankind. The candy corn. Not really sure what it is. It's a bunch of wax that kind of smells awkward, and then it leaves a waxy film behind. You get a lot of mucus after you're done eating it. You're not even sure why you're picking it up and eating it. Worst candy known to man, the candy corn. Best candy on the face of planet Earth, the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You can even smell the peanut butter cup goodness through the bag when you pick it up at the food store. I could eat those all day, every single day. And by the way, best cereal, the Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs. Case closed. Okay. There's got to be challenges for that. Oh, no, they, you have challenges. Still have some time, though. <laughs> Roger Goodell needs to go. Bacocta, <laughs> <laughs> Strom Thurmond, uh, Kelly and Conway, Mariah Carey, Jonas Brothers, Megan Trainer. Sounds like a word cloud of everything we've just been discussing. Matt, it sounds Kawhi like the Leonard, metadata Kawhi for Leonard, this episode. Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich, all the San Antonio Spurs. Matt Ryan, you get you 45 seconds. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Okay, so I'm not going to cede the fact that the Reese's Cup 
is not the best candy in the world because peanut butter, chocolate, you got chocolate in my peanut butter, you got peanut butter in my chocolate, Mwah. chef's kiss. Not going to argue that. But the pumpkin itself is a lie. It's a fallacy. It is not pumpkin-shaped. It looks like an ampersand, if not some sort of weird melted fetus that was combined into peanut butter and chocolate. I love the Reese's peanut butter cup. I will eat a Reese's pumpkin till the day I die, but it is not a pumpkin. It is a lie. It is a false flag propagated by the candy industry you just want i want a reese's cup you give me my reese's cup and also they're one per serving you're giving me one reese's pumpkin when i can get two reese's cups for the same price if not cheaper i'm getting ripped off i feel like all candy should be liberated from that ideal no more pumpkin shaped candies matt napolitano and then after psych will get his rebuttal as much as i do love reese's peanut butter cups and the peanut butter pumpkins best candy bar is by far the bite size snickers now i don't know what it is that's the difference between the bar and the actual mini size one but something for some reason the mini size ones are all that much better they bring joy you put them in the freezer my goodness it'll change your life it'll bring your whole day full 180 and you can absolutely use it as for the worst candy yeah you know candy corn's pretty bad i'm sorry i will never understand the appeal of the tootsie roll it is disgusting it just sits there it is just like gnawing on a piece of log for about you know two minutes until you eventually give up and try milk duds and that only takes about a minute to gnaw through it's just gross the tootsie roll pops not even that much better i don't care how many looks it takes to get to the center quite frankly i don't count i went into journalism i don't do math all right psych your turn to rebut everyone i respect all of those answers but what I did say, in addition to it being the best candy, I said it's the best Halloween candy. I'm going to give each of those gentlemen a better opportunity to tell me what they think is a better Halloween-themed candy. Than Snickers the mini butter. butter. Uh, but that's not Halloween-themed. It's a Halloween. Peanut pumpkin. The Reese's Peanut Butter Pumpkin is. Right, so well, like, we're oh, go ahead, Matt. No, 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 all you. All I you. sense despair. Not necessarily despair, that's just kind of the pastiche I give off in my everyday life. But when you're looking at Halloween candy, you look under the different derivatives of Halloween candy. It's a broad-based spectrum. It's the Kinsey scale of candy. You can't really define one thing as Halloween candy with the exception of candy corn. There are Halloween-marketed candies, and there's candy to be given out during Halloween. So you fall within that spectrum. All right, Chris. Okay, well, I guess I need to give a disclaimer here. Y'all probably picked the worst time to be fans of uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups because I can't stand them. So He's I'm got saying, a nut allergy, doesn't in, he? In, in order, negative 10, 5, and 15. And 15 would have been higher, but I am actually kind of a fan of the Tootsie Roll, too. All right. Oh, so, okay. So you're giving Psych a negative 10. You're giving yes. Matt Ryan, what was that, negative 5, you said? No, no. he said no, five. 5. Positive 5. Trying to take away points from you, and uh, wait, I went first in that round. Yes, yes, it was your topic. Wow, I talk a lot. <laughs> this is news, and uh, you're giving uh, Matt Apolitano, you said 15. Yes, or, okay, all right. I get up at four o'clock in the morning. Give me a break, guys. I'm, I'm the oddball because I don't like I don't like peanut butter and chocolate. All right, well, it all comes I, I, down I to a Hail Mary. one final fight to see who will be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. We've reached the final battle, closing arguments. I will present our three contestants, Matt Ryan, Matt Napolitano, and Psych, with a single topic, and they will have five minutes to debate or argue, depending on how things play out, before our judge, Chris, awards the final points of the game. In this round, Chris can give up to 100 points to each contestant, or he could take away up to 100 points. 
with Psyche having the fewest points, he will get a 15 second head start before the bell rings, and that's when others can join. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. All right, so we've got the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs happening in bubbles. Major League Baseball doing its shortened and restructured schedule. And other sports like NASCAR getting back to action with adjustments because of the coronavirus pandemic. Which league do you think is doing the best job putting the best product out there for fans during the pandemic? Psych, you get to start. Well, that's tough because you're asking me to state a case uh, involving hockey to somebody in San Antonio. I'm not sure if this guy's a hockey fan. I'm going to bet... Likely not. Maybe a Dallas Stars fan, perhaps. But here's the deal. I think the NHL playoffs, forget coronavirus, the NHL playoffs are some of the most exciting sports to watch on television, in person, or just keeping up with on the internet, social media, what have you. It is the hardest trophy to win in sports, the Stanley Cup. Uh, And when you have the Islanders as one of the final eight teams in your playoffs, whether it's coronavirus, round-robin tournament or not, that's pretty damn impressive. It's always goaltending defense that wins championships. And any of these sports, uh, hockey is proving it right now. Some of the best playoff action you're getting. Uh, not to take anything away from the NBA, but you always got those teams in the NBA that are always there at the end. And I got to be honest, NHL just doing a fantastic job. You never know who's going to take the title. And uh, I, I, I love hockey. Playoff hockey is the best product you will ever see when it comes to sports on television. You guys can start arguing as well. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, there's not a really an argument to be made. The NHL playoffs are the the Stanley Cup playoffs. Pardon me, are the best playoffs in sports and the best championship series in sports. But let's take a look at how well the NBA bubble has turned out. We look at the NHL bubble. It's technically two bubbles. We have the Western Conference bubble and the Eastern Conference bubble. But the NBA has been able, because they are the second most powerful league in the world, they have created the model that the NHL kind of aped to develop their two specific bubbles. But the NBA ending their season early, developing the idea of these play-in games and developing the idea to put everybody in one concentrated place, play multiple games at once. And also it's opened up the playoffs to all these other teams. You look at what Utah's been able to do, what, and there's created a lot of great series. But I will go back to the NHL. We did have an eight-overtime game in the first round of the playoffs. It's creating the idea for all sports fans to win because on certain days you're getting all-day hockey, all-day basketball, and we can I think we can all agree baseball has done this the worst. Out of any of the major sports going on right now, the MLB has handled this the worst of any that I don't know why they didn't consider a bubble. Rob Manfred should be ridden out of town on a rail for some of the things he's done. And also the performative things that he's been alleged to do involving today's Mets Marlins game. Rob Manfred is a disgrace to major league baseball. He is a disgrace to organized sports and somehow Gary Bettman is a better commissioner than Rob Manfred. It's insane to me. I will say this. When it comes to the bubble environment, the NBA and the NHL were in a better scenario where they could allow that to happen when they were near the end of their seasons, entering towards a playoff format where there's fewer teams, fewer staffers, fewer people on the roster in general where you can accommodate that bubble environment a lot easier. MLB, you were not going to be able to do that with 30 different teams locked into two locations. I know they talked about Arizona and Florida, Florida, but it's not going to work. Arizona and Florida ended up becoming COVID hotbeds. Arizona, it's also 110 degrees, 120 degrees in the middle of the summer. They only had one indoor stadium where they were going to be able to accomplish anything. That they have two in Florida. They have Tampa and they have the Marlins Stadium. When we look at I just, this— I'm talking about Arizona. I was talking about Arizona, not Florida. But the fact of the matter is you can't operate around 
three regular stadiums, it wasn't going to work with 30 clubs operating. It just wasn't going to factor in. MLB has gotten a lot wrong, especially in how they've handled the COVID-19 testing and how they've handled outbreaks for different teams. I'm not going to say that that's wrong. The NHL playoffs have been flawless. Stanley Cup playoffs have been great. I really thoroughly enjoyed watching, and it does help that my Islanders are still in it because it makes me want to watch even more. That being said, I do want to give some credit to NASCAR because NASCAR was one of the first bodies to come back into action as quick as possible. Yeah, it does take away not having people at the track, that level of excitement. We are seeing some scattered seating in certain occasions. We saw it at Bristol Motor Speedway for the all-star race. But NASCAR has done a solid job of getting back into action as quickly as they could. Thankfully, they're in a scenario where they can operate with social distancing and they can operate accordingly with everything going on. And we've only seen two cases of note to come out of NASCAR for a positive test. We saw Jimmy Johnson ended up being false positive and Austin Dillon. I think that there is something to be said for NASCAR for really just hitting the ground running. Even the UFC and the PGA Tour for getting back so fast and being able to operate safely. Yeah, the PGA Tour had that little bit of a scare. I think a lot has been done, but I do want to give credit where credit's due to the sporting bodies that got themselves back as quickly as they could because they knew that America needed something to watch. They needed something to root for to get them through one of the worst scenarios we could have never imagined taking place right now in the United States. I want to go back to finish off. I just want to finish off here. If we talk about the NBA, you got the Phoenix Suns going eight. No, Devin Booker playing incredible. That team didn't even make the playoffs. So when you have a team as hot as that, they can't even sniff the playoffs. It's pretty messed up. All right, Chris. Your assessment. Wow. I mean, there's so much there. But I, <laughs> I guess to, to clear up, you know, I actually I can appreciate hockey. I haven't been much of a fan, but I, I actually I went to a game with you, Dennis, and I, I, I do enjoy it, and I can see how it could, it could be a, a big deal. So I would say uh, on that respect, I would give it a 65. Uh, that's to who are you giving 65 to? Right. Sorry. No. Okay. And so then, let's see, and then, what was it? The the I, I agree with the NASCAR. Uh, I, I also really do like NASCAR. Miss some NASCAR stuff. So for that, I would say eighty. Wow. And then the MLB. You know, I I <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more there because that I, mean, I I think if anybody could have you know, been set up to handle this situation best, it would be MLB because they're outside and just, but yeah, they fumbled. So I'd say uh, it was the 90 there. So 90 for Matt Ryan? Yes. Okay. All right. It's time for me to do some math again. I'm going to be here trying to put these numbers together. I'll save you the math. I lost Dennis, so you're good. (laughs) (laughs) What a hack job. I should have gone in on that first political question. Okay, math. Okay, I think I have the final scores. All right. So, in third place. Hindsight's 2020, man. Hindsight's 2020. In third place with 132 points is Psych. So, Psych was right. Big shocker. Yeah, big shocker right there. (laughs) In second place. With uh, 171 points, Matt Napolitano. So that means that our winner, our winner, the master debater of the week, with 183 points, is Matt Ryan. You get 60 seconds. Go for it. Uh, So I'd first of all like to thank uh, Baba Booey. Without him, I would have nothing. 
Uh, for, and uh, I'd like to thank you, Dennis, for uh, having me in at the last minute. The kid, the underdog, the scrappy fighter from Sunset Park, Brooklyn, New York, coming in at the last minute and walking out the victor. Nothing has ever tasted so sweeter than winning master debaters. I don't care the context of it. It's an honor to be a master debater. And to our judge, I bow to your wisdom. I bow to your glory. I bow to your grace. You will forever be in my debt. And to those I competed against, Psych Napolitano, I bow to you as well. You are great, formidable competitors, but you could not touch the king. The long-haired boy from Sunset Park walking out the winner, but a gracious winner, a gracious king. I will defend my title against you gentlemen anytime. Foley, you are more than welcome for having me on your program today. I was going to Kanye you and tell you that Psych had the greatest argument of all time, all time. Well, he is the whiz and nobody beats him. That's well, all I'm going to say. that's it for this week's edition of Master Debaters. A big thank you to our three contestants. You can find Matt Ryan, the Master Debater this week, on the Combat Culture social media platforms for monthly UFC coverage. Matt Napolitano can be heard every weekday afternoon on Fox News Headlines 24-7 on Sirius XM Channel 115 as well as on other Fox News platforms. And Psych can be heard every weekday morning on Long Island's 106.1 BLI. Big thank you as well to our judge, Chris, from San Antonio. You can hear his antics and persistent button-pushing during the KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware, Ware and Rima, and the Sean Rima Show on San Antonio's News Talk Station, 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. You can find me there as well in the afternoon, whenever, wherever news is happening in San Antonio for KTSA. Master Debaters, a production of XS Studios and KTSA San Antonio. Learn more or find an empty page at xsfm.com or at ktsa.com. Traffic and weather. Stay connected. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.